When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Managed Jewish Red podcast. This week I'm joined by Charlotte Dunker. Hello. And I'm also joined by uh, the finest Irish arrival in Manchester since John O'Shea, which is Kieran Kelly. Hello, can't live up to that. Yes, I know, yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be discussing plenty of things ahead of the Chelsea game, but it's obviously been a very, uh, I, think, I suppose the word would be, eventful week for United, given the amount of stuff that Mourinho has been saying. He had another pop at the supporters, uh, well, some supporters, as he said in his last sentence of the programme notes. Is this just another? I mean, you you, you know particularly well, given your allegiance, which we won't touch upon mm. too much, and also Real book, Madrid fan. Yes, and and of course <laughs> Inter Milan, yeah, yes. also, and of course the book you did on him. But is this just all part of the massive Mourinho siege mentality tactic ahead of another big game at the weekend? Yeah, it seems odd because I think if you think back to his first press conference of the season, he was so like warm and enthusiastic and he was just looking forward to all these games and there was no kind of excuses. You know, he's paying tribute to Guardiola and Wenger as great managers and it just seemed very odd all of a sudden that he's gotten very sour and um, petty almost. You think of the penalty against Benfica when... Um, Blind eventually stepped up and now he was making gestures and it's just not creating a very nice atmosphere because I think most United fans seem to have connected with the team again and they're they're firmly behind Mourinho even though the, the style of football at times isn't as, as great as it can be um, but once you start picking on your own fans when really they haven't done anything wrong as far as I could tell when Rashford went off against Tottenham um, the boos from where we were were, were you couldn't really hear them um, and then well, did you find it difficult to, did, did you hear them at all or was it no I, I personally I didn't even hear them um, see I did I, I, was, I sorry, was at the I, game and I heard them <laughs> oh, this I, is I'm really interesting Kira's <laughs> got selective death yeah, yeah I, I, I must have I, zoned out it's, it's an interesting point because yeah. obviously I was sat next to you and I did, I did hear them <laughs> but other guys speak. I spoke to in the press box who were higher up didn't hear them at yeah. all, and some people who were watching on the telly didn't hear them <laughs> either. But I mean, where were you sat, Charlotte? I was sat in the north stand, and I think mainly it was coming from, I'd say, like more the Stratford end. But I wouldn't say it was a lot of fans. I'd no, say. it's a very small. It, it, and I don't think they were. I, I don't think they were slating Mourinho. I think it was just more of an annoyance because. Mm. Lukaku wasn't playing as well as Rashford yeah. and you knew as soon as the board came up that Martial was going to come on who was going to come off the same way you know that Mata's going to get subbed in every game yeah. you know that Martial and Rashford are the two that are going to get swapped over and I think it was just annoyance thinking get out of that mindset Mourinho why don't you look who's playing switch switch it up and just bring Lukaku off I don't think they were having a dig at Mourinho as much as he's mm. perceived it yeah, yeah had a dig yeah, back yeah. I think it was just like their way of just being a, a bit annoyed and like, oh, goodness sakes, like, why have you done that again? Yeah, but he, he was right because Lukaku did well. Yes, he did do well, so 
the lesson to be learned. Mourinho <laughs> knows best. He always <laughs> yeah. gets it right. Do you get the feeling, like having like, sat among supporters, that they want to see Lukaku, Marshall, and Rashford start? Yeah, I like think that? I think so. At the expense of Mkhitaryan. Yeah, Mkhitaryan. I think personally, I, obviously, me been watching him in the last few weeks. He's been the one for me who's been in the worst dip of form. Hmm. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he just needs a rest. But I think he does need to rest him and stop over relying on him and stop thinking it's Marshall or Rashford and play them three up front and see what happens. Where would you play Rashford or Marshall? I'd uh, I'd play. This is the conundrum, isn't it? Because they're both rubbish. On yeah, the right. the, I was going to say they're both rubbish <laughs> on the right. But yeah. then would you you could try and play Rashford in a ten, Marshall on the left, and Lukaku ahead up ahead of. Rashford. And on the right wing? Valencia. <sighs> no. Juan, <laughs> mm, but he's not great either on the... Well, you could try Mkhitaryan on the right wing. No, I've had enough of Mkhitaryan. Okay. He's going on the bench. Yeah. What a Sorry. Year, I know. No, I do think he's very good, but I think there's just been too many inconsistent performances. But we've sat here and said, oh, he's, now he's going to get an assist, and that's mm. where he hasn't in the last few yes. games. Where he yeah. thought at the start of the season, if he wasn't too great... He was still popping up with the odd assist, and you were thinking, "Oh, never mind," because he's going to pop and do something. Yeah. But in the last few games, he hasn't done that, which is why I think that maybe it's his time just to have a rest. I'm not fully slating him. I just yeah. like to point out. It's somewhat ironic. I know years a lot, an incredibly long time in football, but this time last year, United fans were clamouring for Mkhitaryan to be brought into the team mm-hmm. when he deserved to be probably, and now. They want him out of the team when he probably should be out of the team, but Mourinho's keeping him in there, um, which which is slightly kind of interesting how well Mkhitaryan has done over that period of time. Um, someone who did do well in the Benfica game on on Tuesday night was Scott McTominay. Yes. Um, I mean, some, some people have said, yeah, his lateral passing was great. Oh, I was really <laughs> thrilled by that. Yeah. And I get what they mean because it, it was kind of like, as you say about Matic, he's he's usually a minimum six out of ten. Player, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but McTominay had that kind of performance. Are you surprised how well he's acquitted himself in the first team? Um, well, on the surface, I thought when Herrera went, he was the one who was going to stand to benefit, and I know it's taken him a couple of months, but he just fits that style. You know, Mourinho, all his youngsters in the past have been generally. You know, freaks in terms of physique. And, yeah. Uh, you know, in the nice possible way, they're kind of monster players. You know, um, who, you know, six four, six five, and he's grown into his his stature as it's gone on. You think this time last year he was playing as a makeshift striker for the reserves, so it's it's quite a great story, and I think that was probably one of the first games where I've seen him kind of make an impression, and the game certainly didn't pass him by. Um, it's kind of just the basic things, you know, the the rampage and runs the the head in, um, all the things you expect of a centre mid of that size, but he did them very professionally, and you wouldn't have really known that you know he's that was his first Champions League start. So I think there's a lot to take from that, and I think for the academy as a whole, it was a brilliant week. You've had obviously the 80th year anniversary of every Manchester squad there being an academy yeah. player. Um, you've had Angel Gomez obviously lifting the World Cup for the young lads. So I think it's really exciting and ironically with Mourinho at the helm that's continued and that's probably surprised quite a few people um, but you know long may it continue because I think supporters particularly United fans never get sick of an academy player getting a chance and, and taking it 
I suppose he's the Lancastrian Messi in that he's benefited from a, a growth spurt and yeah. is making an impression. Um, still unclear who he's going to be playing uh, international level. Mm. On the academy thing, I mean, Maria's copped a lot of flat for it, it from that in the past, but he has given some, some players chances. Uh, is there anybody else that... I mean, you, you watch a lot of the reserves and, and, and the under-18s. Is there anyone from there? That, that you can see doing a McTominay. I mean, McTominay is one of those players who he didn't get a lot of. There've been a few United players, in fairness, like Cleverly would be another one, Lingard be another one, players who've not had a lot of fanfare about them in the youth level, but have actually forged a half decent. I think McTominay has been more of one of them solid ones in the reserves rather than someone oh, yeah, who yeah. every time you'd not an, not a really exciting player. Yeah. Um, who's been impressing in the reserves? Oh God, you've put me on the spot now, and I actually can't think Fail of to anybody. Prepare. <laughs> Fail to prepare for a question, you know. Yeah, I was going to say Demi Mitchell, but that's an obvious answer, isn't it? I was trying to go off on Should, the, the the reserve team. It's not as exciting as a couple of years ago, no. which is a problem as well. It is a big problem. But how, how do they remedy that? <laughs> how, how, I mean, what I mean is, how do they remedy it if they've got... I mean, Van Gaal, the way they did it under Van Gaal was that he'd say, if Yannis is annoying me, I'll throw him in there and some people will turn up at Lee and that'll oh, be good. throw him into the reserve. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think that... I mean, just... We've gone off on a slight tangent here, but in order to make the reserve team more exciting... Do you think Mourinho do you think, do, I, does need to? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he needs to make it more exciting. I just his main focus is obviously on the first team. Yeah. Why? Why should he be bothered who turns up to watch the reserves yeah. at the league? If, oh yeah. If the fans are interested in that level of football, I think they're going to go. Obviously, if they find out Luke Shaw was going to play, which might be where he ends up playing yes. soon, because um, <laughs> it doesn't look like he's playing for the first team anytime soon. Then obviously more people are, are going to go along there, but you're right. Whereas at the minute there's nothing there's nothing too exciting about you know mm. you're not drawn to watch United's reserves or academy. I was watching City um, under 19s the other day, and they're the total opposite. Like they they were five and up by half time, yeah. and that for the future like the youth that's scary. But from the United's perspective, it isn't because City won't give them the chance. Yeah. So. United might get a couple of gems come through and they use them, which is going to be useful. Whereas you look at it now and think, wow, City are unbelievable at that level compared to United. But none of them players are going to make it through City's first team, I would probably say. So is it a problem for the long term? Probably not, because we're, I still think that you're going to get those two or three that, that come through. Maybe they're not shining now, but over the course of the season who knows you suspect uh, Phil Foden might be the acid test for Guardiola in that respect uh, on Guardiola there's a picture frame of him in here which Ian Cheeseman has probably left from his TV appearance <laughs> yeah we won't um, say what it looks like no no it? no uh, but Gary Neville made a decent point on Monday Night Football when he said that how one of Mourinho's problems was what was going on at City with the style and it's, it's well documented that Guardiola was Ferguson's first choice. I'm sure Ferguson will bring another book out and say, oh, no, he wasn't, mm. he was unavailable, what have you. Um, but how much of a problem is that for Mourinho right now? Is it is it temporary or do you think it will be long-term? The Steiner factor on such a win and run. Kind of, both, really. Both, yeah. um, Just the whole Guardiola factor, I suppose. I think it, it works both ways, the... You know they've been at kind of their best and worst having 
uh, you know, Mourinho and Guardiola to come up against brought out, you know, inverted commas the best of him to, to get Real Madrid to win that title against yeah. that one of the best teams of all time. That's he'll always maintain was one of his best achievements. Um, and Guardiola, I think, in the short term at least, likes having Mourinho because they obviously pushes him more than any other manager. But it's been quite maybe not for us we all expected you know them to be at loggerheads from day one but there's, there's been a lot of respect there obviously so far you would wonder with that game coming up on December 10th I think whether you know there might be a few barbs thrown because we've seen Guardiola I hope so he's, yeah we, I think even just a little bit of tension would be great we've seen Guardiola maybe inadvertently um, having a pop at uh, Tottenham and the Harry Kane team yeah. and he has that sneaky aspect as well Um but I think it's very much you when you look at even just Sunday and I think at the moment the mindset is probably just you have to keep up with City because um, you know I don't think anyone expects Arsenal to beat City away on Sunday. You're almost expecting them to have won before you check the score now, which um, is is always a, a worrying sign. But I think for for United it's kind of just you have to win each game and and hope they do slip up because inevitably they'll get a blip. Um, seen all the top teams drop points unexpectedly United at Huddersfield Chelsea at home to Burnley on the first day so um, there will come a time where um, they have a blip and it's just up to United to, to keep winning and I don't think Mourinho is going to be um, worrying necessarily about um, Guardiola per se when at this moment he's he's turned his attention on his own fans so uh, that's yeah. obviously where his mindset is at the moment <laughs> Um, during this spell between the October international and the November internationals, obviously we've got the Chelsea game to come. But United's football hasn't been watchable. It's been solid. It's been pragmatic, with the exception of that aberration against Huddersfield. Do you still think that some of the criticism, Charlotte, has, has been unfair in the sense that they played some really watchable football in the first two months? It's only been a few weeks where they've gone off the boil. I think the problem is that these performances have been like back to back and every time you've been turning on to watch yeah. United it's like oh another dull boring result and I think the criticism from the I think the criticism from the fans is obviously they want to go on what they want to watch exciting free-flowing football who wouldn't and Paul Skull said something the other night and he um in response to Mourinho saying oh wow the fans like chanting and jumping up and being excited and Skull said well what have they got to be excited about like yeah they get excited when they score a goal but the build up like 80 odd minutes of that game has just been like quite dull like I was watching it the other day and I was doing the blog and I was thinking what do you even say here like boring like nothing to tell you they've kept possession they've knocked it around a bit that's it have they really created anything no they haven't against Benfica I just thought the play was so narrow all the time they're not getting out to the wings they're not utilising the wings it's not exciting and if you go back obviously into the past it's what United was all about wasn't it like gigs like obviously I'm going back on a long time now but like gigs like flying up down the wing like that's what the United fans want that's what's going to get people out of their seats and I don't think they're obviously not annoyed at Mourinho because of the results and that's where the criticism is a bit unfair because they are basically on the brink of the Champions League knockout stage. Second in the league, doing well in the League Cup, It's they're not doing badly. I think it's just people being picky. I think United fans have been spoiled over the years because of the way United have played and how exciting it has been then go to like this turgid boring football where sometimes they literally are bereft of ideas and you're thinking 
where is a goal going to pop up from? Obviously, it did last weekend. And I think that was the most annoying thing about the Liverpool game was, and um, hopefully they won't do this on Sunday, Liverpool, everyone knew how bad Liverpool's defence was and they didn't do anything to test it. I don't yeah. think the fans were as annoyed at getting a point from Anfield because there's been many a season when that's happened and it's been like, oh, it's a decent point. At the start of the season, obviously, you want three, but would you take a point? Probably yes. But it was the way that United went about that, and it was the fact they did nothing to test Liverpool's fragile defence. Watching Chelsea's diabolical defending in the week, if United don't, if United set up the same against, as they did against Liverpool and yeah. don't try and test that, I think the fans are going to be annoyed again, mainly for that reason. Will they be annoyed if they come away with a point? Probably not, but it's all going to be it's found. almost as if like the, the result if you get a draw it's fine but it's the the approach that wasn't yeah. fine in the case of the Anfield game yeah. uh, should add Ferguson was prone to pragmatism yes he was quite a lot yes he was he? I think it's just because it's become a bit of a run, become a run hasn't it in the last few yeah. games if it had been like played really 1-4-0 and then gone to Anfield and got that draw and then gone again and like won like 3-0 in a different game and then it was another one like spotted out. Yeah. I don't think the criticism would have, like in all the media and stuff like that, I don't think it would have been as heightened as it is, but I think it's just because it's like three games on the spin, it's just been boring, boring performance. Yeah, they've ground out the results like against Spurs, but it wasn't exciting and in the week it was awful as well. And I think that's probably gone against Mourinho because it's come all in a row. It seems as though someone like Pochettino who played a strikerless side at Old Trafford with five defenders, he took Sanchez out of the team because United sussed him uh, in the Europa League final but because that result was sandwiched between hammering Liverpool 4-1 and and beating Real Madrid 3-1 it's it's almost an isolated case and obviously Harry Kane wasn't playing so Pochettino gets away with yeah. it more than, than Mourinho does. Um, in terms of the, the style, the approach, that's going to be a big thing at Chelsea. Chelsea play this 3-4-2-1 formation. United played something slightly similar last week that didn't really quite work and mm. went with two up front. Do you think it's almost the case that this weekend that you could see it being the same starting eleven as it was against Tottenham, but the formation has to change? Possibly, yeah. I think the three at the back experiments in pre-season for me, it always felt it was leading up to these kind of games yeah. against the title rivals. And um, I think that's something Mourinho's have to work on because they overly relied on, you know, 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 last season. I think even if you don't start with one of those formations to have the flexibility to, to move around a bit is, is going to give you an advantage. Um, for me... Um, Thinking back to when they've used three at the back, um, the best attacking performance of the season for me was was in Moscow when they did it. And the key thing was that Martial had a freer role. Um, he wasn't just stuck up top with Lukaku, so it meant that him, Mkhitaryan and Lukaku could move around a bit. And what I thought was kind of unimaginative on, on Saturday against Tottenham was they constantly went long to Lukaku. And I know it paid off for the goal. Um, it's kind of a bit of luck and judgment it is. that goal wasn't and it? when you've got players that good particularly on the floor it just didn't make sense at times to keep doing it and even against Benfica they were they're prone just to lobbing it forward and um, when you've Marcus Rashford jumping for balls in the air it just it seems a little unfair almost that um, you could get so much more out of um, 
their attack and play at times if, if they just played it around a bit more and I think um, that would be what I'd like to see um, against Chelsea because it's it's a similar scenario the if like one clean sheet and eight um, they've really missed Kante they're looking very disjointed and you're looking at you know Cahill, Rudiger um, guys they could really get at and I know Lukaku's out of form in terms of goals but um, he will definitely get at least one chance and you, you would think if United could at least approach it with you know similar solid defence but you know go for those chances as the game wears on I think that's the key because uh, the last time they played in uh, the FA Cup it was Herrera's red card that kind of undid all the good work and um, I think that would be the key if they get into half time nil nil that they start to open up as the game goes on and, and catch catch Chelsea who are obviously looking more tired than they were last season because they're playing more games with the um the, the long ball thing that has kind of stuck at United since Louis van Gaal bit at Allardyce what, two and a half years ago I think and he handed out his leaflets um, and Klopp said something about it last season I mean it's it's a tactic that a lot of teams have used since time immemorial and they will use it in the latter stages of games because mm-hmm. it's difficult to be tactically innovative if you're chasing a game historically has Mourinho has he always done that with his teams yeah well you think of every team he's been at he's always had a, a ball she forward hasn't he yeah so obviously the famous examples of like Drogba even Milito at Inter could play uh, in the air I think it's it's just when I saw them the first few months the first few games of the season you thought contrast how they played in the Europa League final and that and how they were never going long mm. um, whereas at the Europa League final you just saw that the defence weren't even looking up and they were just sending Hail Marys up to Rashford and um, he was easily crowded out so kind of as we were touching on earlier about when you throw in a kind of negative result with a negative style of football it does kind of undo some of that momentum you built up with those attacking triangles and everything that excites the fans and I think we're seeing a bit of that now where already the approach has been stripped down which I didn't think would happen to probably the new year I thought you know I would really race out of the blocks for the first three four months and then start to strip it down again do you not think that's because of the opposition though and who and because it all seemed to change like after the international break yeah. the Liverpool game I, so if you look at the it's been like Liverpool Spurs and I know in between Benfica. them yeah but in between them there's been Huddersfield and Benfica and but then it's sort of like he's gone with it and then we'll sti- then they're sticking with it yeah well I just think the the last time we beat Tyler Rival away it's like more than 1,100 days ago or something bizarre and it's like it was it, what, Liverpool yeah. three years ago and they, they went for that game Chelsea and that and you just think now you can't just settle for draws in these games it, the nature of how you know Spurs attack City attack teams want to win these games now because it can really set a team up um, you could have to United last season they lost the first derby and then they won like two of the next ten games and they were stuck in six from there on um, so it can really really help you if you win and you think if City uh, potentially could go eight points clear already you know that would be yeah that's a huge already um, even if they were to lose two games you're counting on United to keep winning which is really hard so I think it's kind of um, this game is really a test of how far they've come and whether they have that kind of nous to be able to, to kill teams when Chelsea look so vulnerable 
United do look really secure defensively, which isn't normally something to be celebrated about with United. But in this day and age, on social media, it seems though clean sheets are almost as good as as goals to some people. Uh, one of the telling things that was kind of overlooked in the week was that Bai started, which everybody thought he would because he needed minutes to come back from injury. But Mourinho retained Chris Smalling when Lindelof. Um, I think up until that point it started every midweek match this season do you think one I mean it's quite topical because Smalling's been left out of the England squad harshly do you think it shows that one that Smalling is starting to as Mourinho said go in my direction like Jones has done and how damning does that reflect on damningly does that reflect on Lindelof that he cannot be trusted clearly now after that Huddersfield game I think Going, that criticism that you're talking about from Southgate, I think, was a bit harsh. Like, he can't play out from the back since when the hell of England ever played out from <laughs> well, the that's back? The pro- yeah. And the people he's picked to replace him are hardly... Harry Maguire. Best, on, best people mm. on the ball that you've seen ever, ever in your life. But I think Chris Mullins has been quite solid for United this season. I think there was a couple of games at the start when you were thinking, oh, this isn't going to be great. But I think he's improved since then. Like Marini says, he's going in his direction. Lindelof you are beginning to wonder where on earth he's going to fit into United's plans. But it's one of them, if he's not given the chance, he's never going to be able to prove that he can do it. But then when he is, if he... Because he didn't... In his first couple of Champions League games, to me, he wasn't. He didn't set the world alight, but he was, sol- he was solid enough. Yeah, like, it was recently, Like McTominay, we were saying like he did the basic things and he did yeah. the basic things well. But then, should we really be comparing... Lindelof to <laughs> an academy lad who's yeah. making his first Champions League, Champions League appearance and that's the sort of level that you're thinking like go, go out there do the basic things well and then you've played well whereas everyone thought he was going to come in and partner by at the back straight away he thought they were going to be United's centre-back pairing but I think it, to be honest it's credit to Smalling and Jones because nobody thought that they were going to be the, the first two centre-back pairing or the pairing with Bailly so it's credit to both of them and the way they've been playing. Luckily for Mourinho, they've both been playing well. That that I think that's what's keeping Lindelof out as, as much as anything. As you say, it's it's an interesting point when he's going to get a chance to actually prove himself because yeah. he's what, since June, July, or September, October, doing a bit of matters there. It's been nearly five months since yeah. he actually signed for United. He's still not made his first Premier League start. Um, Marcus Rojo looks like he's going to come back yeah. later yeah. this Push month. Yeah, who's a big favourite of Mourinho who has improved a lot under Mourinho the, the advantage in all this I suppose for Lindelof is that United have got nine games in December it looks like do, do, take with that bearing with that in mind and the way players come back from injury do you think that that could be a, a bigger month than it initially seems and that they're going to have all these players back that's a chance for them surely to turn up the heat on City particularly with that Derby at the start. Yeah, you've got Ibrahimovic to yeah. offset the pressure so on Lukaku. Like, so we're talking Pogba, Rojo, Ibrahimovic, Fellaini, Carrick. Yeah. I, Scott McTominay. <laughs> <laughs> Super Scotty McTee to the rescue. I do you know what? I think if they okay. start seeing the Derby, I really don't think Pep Guardiola oh. is going to be panicking, Six to be honest. So I, I don't know. Like, I think pa- big, Pog, if, if Pogba you... is going to be the biggest one. Pogba's been a miss, big miss for United in the last few games. And I think he, he is going to be the difference. I think United's style of play is going to change when he comes back. Yeah. And that's going to make a big difference. Is it going to 
I I think United are going to go toe to toe with City all the way to the end of the season. Yeah. They play totally different football, and to all the purists out there, it'll be absolutely hilarious if United win the league playing football the way they're doing versus how City are playing this beautiful, free flowing football, amazing to watch versus United's boring football. But it's paying off for, for United and Mourinho, and I think that bring those players back and there is no reason why United and City aren't but both going to be up there and the derby is going to be more tightly contested than some people might think I think looking at the way City and United are playing at the minute people will be putting their money on City to put four past United but like you say United are solid at the back but your only fear is oh City and to be honest City defensively aren't great exactly well that's that's the point it's like I think both teams have got nine games in December. Yeah. And you look at the size of City squad, where you're playing, I think teams will be playing on the 30th and they'll be playing on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. That's a big test of players' durability and endurance. Uh, but we'll obviously, you know, that's going to be a very exciting month, but we've still got November to get through. Um, I will end on some quick-fire questions, oh, Charlotte. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not mastermind or anything like that. I'm not going to ask you I was going to say, name. you've got no. like the encyclopedic knowledge. No, 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 no. It's, 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 barely, it's, it's, be, it's, it's purely opinion um, for Chelsea because, let's face it, they're not going to both start. Rashford or Marshall? Marshall. Kieran, same question. Rashford. And do you think Samuel. Rashford will start? No. No. Do you think Marshall will start? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Okay. What do you think? I think Rashford will start, but I would prefer to see Marshall come in. I think I think the the formation needs to change, as you said. That Moscow away one, when it was like a three-four-two-one match for match for Chelsea. I think that's probably the way forward. But anyway, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Kieran. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Please do give us. Please do subscribe to us, I should say, on iTunes or Audioboom or any other uh, podcast hosts out there. And we'd be very grateful for a review on iTunes as well. Thank you. <laughs>